On this episode, we speak with Deb Stambaugh, Chief Marketing Officer at Quantcast. Deb discusses the role data has in advertising's future, lean marketing in times of economic crisis, and some predictions for the year ahead. I hope you enjoy this episode. Deb, welcome to the AW360 Podcast. I'm excited to have you on today. Thank you. I'm excited to be here, Richard. So you're CMO at Quantcast, and I know Quantcast very well. I've had a few people from there over the years on this show, but I'm curious, you know, what's your role at CMO like? Yeah, I mean, it's fantastic, actually. I I joined in September of 22, so it's been, gosh, I guess, seven months now. Um, And, you know, I think it's a really exciting time at Quantcast where we're you know, we've really been leaders in the programmatic advertising space for a long time. We've been using AI and machine learning since our start. We've been sustainably built since our start. So it's almost like the market is sort of catching up to uh, what we've been uh, doing and talking about for a very long time. So we're excited to be part of the show and, and um, you know, I, I'm amped to be part of the organization. Excellent. Yeah, I'm familiar with some of the things that Quantcast has been doing with AI over time. But, you know, that was before AI really became this household word. Yeah, it's really, you know, so we use artificial intelligence and machine learning essentially to do a couple of things. One is understand our audiences better, right? And that it's really about, if you think about it, take a giant step back and think about who we are as people, right? As human beings that are online and consuming digital content, our, our digital behaviors reflect our real life interests. And so that's the power, you know, and, and to do that as an individual and a human being, we can understand that sort of on a one-to-one, one-to-few basis. When you sort of expand that into millions and millions of people, we need machines to do that kind of processing for us. So that is sort of the heart of, uh, you know, why we use artificial intelligence and sort of it as an industry right at this point. But from a Quantcast perspective, we're, we're, we're because all of our, I'll say data is based on real-time data, right? So we really understand not, you know, from a sort of perspective three months ago or their digital actions three months ago, it's about what we're doing today and what our sort of readiness is. It allows us to also sort of predict better those customers to, uh, that are most interested in buying whatever that conversion action is, um, as well as really helping us to um, find them in, in a more sort of, unique way, right? Where where we're, we're able to stitch together, you know, not just sort of the immediate obvious, but what are those related things? You know, I'm a person that likes beer and gardening and, you know, travel. How do we sort of understand those behaviors so that we can find people, you know, in real time where they are when they're ready? And, you know, you touched on data, which you know, the world is a data-driven place, but data has been something that, you know, consumers are more and more cautious about. When it comes to your work at Quantcast, how does that concern impact the day-to-day? And and I think further, what is the role of data in the future? Yeah, you know, so from a consumer privacy standpoint, it's something that we've been, you know, really leaned into for a very long time. So we call it future-proofing, right, of how we consider, uh, you know, understanding consumer behavior. We We were, in fact, one of the first um, supporters and helped a lot of advertisers sort of navigate GDPR um, in Europe uh, several years back. We launched a, a consent management platform that allowed us to, you know, that really helped to drive that that enablement. Um, we also don't 
we because we use again AI and machine learning, we're a multi-signal platform. So that means we don't rely on you know we don't need uh, you know necessarily um, individual IDs, right? Sort of those identifiers, right? To to sort of understand the consumer writ large, right? So we're able to use a lot of different signals that don't identify a person and it is not you know personally identifiable information to allow uh, you know to allow for that privacy. So we're looking at audiences as millions and millions of, uh, you know, sort of digital interactions and being able to understand that. So privacy is a really big aspect of um, how we think about, you know, being respectful, right, of the consumer. Um, and we've also done things, um, we've had an enormous uh, amount of success around cookie-less solutions because we can, again, because we're multi-signal, we don't need those cookies to be able to, uh, you know, reach audiences in a privacy-centric way, especially, you know, as more and more people are sort of operating outside the world, walled gardens, and right, they're operating sort of in in that incognito format. So to be able to use again, going back to sort of data and AI, right, to understand consumer behavior, reach them in a privacy-centric way, is really important and is sort of a core part of who we are and how we run our business. But Richard, sort of back to your original uh, question of how does you know what's the role of data? in the future of advertising. And I, I think that it's sort of three core things and, and we touched on it a little bit uh, in terms of AI and audiences, but I think it's it, in the first one is really about that audience and it's helping to understand those behaviors, right? Um, you know, and I, as I mentioned, right, really having that real time access so that we're not sort of chasing somebody that we think is an auto intender that already bought their car three months ago, right? So real time yeah. is a big deal. Um, the second piece is around uh, efficiency and optimization. So if you think about what data can show you is what is, you know, how are consumers reacting or not reacting, right, to a particular ad or creative or whatnot. And we've actually had enormous, um, we've got a, a product called Brandlift Live that is allowing a lot of our advertisers to actually optimize, just one example, their creative mid campaign based on, you know, the types of consumers that, you know, based on the types of conversion events that happen against that creative. And we've actually seen things like, you know, with Sky, you know, a 35% lift in product familiarity, just because we help them understand that consumer behavior, understand that consumer response, and then optimize the creative in, in response to that. And then sort of the third level of the stool is really around uh, reporting and measurement, which is probably no surprise. Um, I think all of us as marketers recognize that we have to especially these days, really quantify our results and strong data allows us to do that. Pivoting a little bit, but still staying on the subject of things that tend to be of concern to consumers and businesses alike. We're entering what everyone is feeling is going to be some, some harsh economic times potentially. What are some strategies being employed at Quantcast to help cope with that? Yeah, I think it goes back to, right, really that measurement and attribution and, and you know, my, my, as a CMO, right, I, I, you know, my point of view is always, right, marketing's job is, is to help sell, right? And so, you know, at the end of the day, we are responsible from a business perspective of driving business impact. And I think there's, you know, that sort of tonality and that sort of um, uh, point of view is really becoming much more of, you know, a center stage, right? So sort of vanity metrics around marketing of, you know, purely around, um, you know, without sort of getting to how are we bringing the cash register? How are we really talking about business impact? I think those days are, you know, sort of waning. And, and so in my mind, 
and what we talk with a lot of our clients and customers about and what they're looking for is how do we make all of our marketing performant, right? Even if it's brand, how do we start to quantify those results? And so what we're seeing a lot of is everything from, you know, full funnel marketing, right? Where we're really working with clients and customers on everything from, you know, where it's really that type of full funnel campaign from CTV, how does that then link to, how do we understand the consumer uh, pathway, right? From CTV into, and sort of a brand play into, you know, more of a consideration and performance. And how do we sort of follow that, that chain of events, again, in a privacy centric way, but helping marketers to better understand what are those brand dollars do are doing for driving my performance at the end of the day? And then even right, if we're doing, you know, and just to double click on attribution and reporting, I think, right, really understanding, going back to sort of data and AI, really understanding what is driving, who are those, what are the characteristics of those best customers? Um, and what are their, you know, how can we engage with those best customers and then finding more of those lookalikes? Being able to use data, AI, machine learning to sort of identify those folks quickly, um, using audience modeling, right, and data-driven approaches so that we can find, you know, the, the clients that are most likely to convert and then finding more of those clients so or customers. So, you know, we've got everything from, you know, you can think about all the instances that this applies to, whether it's travel and more heads in beds, right, as I think the, the metric is called, to, you know, click-throughs, app downloads, site visits, et cetera, understanding who those clients and who those customers and those consumers are and being able to find, you know, use, using uh, technology and data to really understand those behaviors and find more of those. That's, you know, that quantifiable nature and that attribution and reporting is, I think, uh, it's a paramount at this point. You know, folks, marketing is, is either going to add to the business or, right, unfortunately, sometimes can be seen as an expense line. So I think we gotta we got to stress on the format. Excellent answer. You know, you mentioned audience modeling. And one of the things I've always been curious about, especially as it relates to our increasingly multi-platform world, you know, where, you know, the touch points are seemingly endless. There's, you know, connected TV, there's your iPad, there's your phone, there's your computer, there's, you know, it's out of home for that matter. Mm -hmm. It would seem that, you know, the, the cookie really wasn't doing anybody a whole lot of service after a point yeah. when it comes to that. So, the death being inevitable, I mean, because we know it's going away one of these days and, you know, God knows it's somebody. Someday. Yeah, I have to talk about it so much that I, I'm really rooting for it to just go away at this point. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it, it does feel like, you know, we're getting back to a lot more, you know, human beings just in general and consumers, we're, we're complex, but we're we're not that complex. I mean, a lot of us who like one thing will like another thing. And, you know, you could see some really obvious patterns, even outside of marketing. Consumers know this stuff. Does AI really help with that to kind of help predict, you know, what your audience model will look like when it comes to these clients? And if so, to what degree? I mean, I welcome a world where marketing understands me, but is not up in my business as it were. Yep. Yep. I, and I think it does because so a couple of things that I'll, I'll, I'll just speak to in terms of that, Richard. I think first off, I think the benefit of, uh, without cookies is that, you know, we are able to use more of that sort of multi-signal approach, right? It, it allows us to get out of your business, if you will. And I do think, I, I agree with you, I get irritated every time I go to the store, right? And and my group, my local store doesn't have the product that they know I buy every week. Yeah. And so I often wonder, why don't you know me by now, right? So I do think, right, having that capacity 
Um, and I think this is why we need, you know, AI to a degree, because again, while we as individuals really understand that, if you if you're an advertiser and you need to address millions of individuals, right? Everybody might have their two or three things, but they may be slightly different. And so your two or three may be, you know, that are similar, right, in the grand scheme, maybe, you know, tangentially different than my two or three, but we're still, you know, both interested in the same product at the end of the day. So how do you use AI to understand all the signals that millions and millions of human beings can give off so that you can help focus those advertising dollars to be used most efficiently and effectively? Because, right, we no longer have, right, sort of appointment TV or there's only a handful of sites that people are going to or whatnot. We really have to use all the tools in our arsenal. And we as humans either both A, I don't think want to spend our time, right, data processing in that way. And then B, right, the computers can just do it in a fraction of the, you know, fraction of the resource, the time, the energy, et cetera, that, you know, is necessary. So I do think AI, and uh, especially in a programmatic lens, is critical. And it's a, you know, but AI as a standalone isn't sort of the, 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 the sad, right? You have to also have real-time information that is informing that art, that machine learning so that it's learning about the immediate needs, not the needs you had three months ago. You know, you've had a, a pretty extensive career. I mean, you've been everywhere from IBM to Samsung to now at Quancast. Yep. I wonder what, what thing or things along the way have really surprised you about the the evolution of our industry while you've been in it because that technology part of it is so is changing i mean incredibly rapidly yeah i'm always curious to know you know what are the things that have evolved along the way in your experience that you really didn't see coming but have been you know let's call it a pleasant surprise yeah i think you know so it's interesting when i was my days back at ibm were actually not in media right it was really hardcore software um, and so data was always a really big part of that conversation. And this was, you know, I'll date myself 20 plus years back. Um, and when I, I came over to media, uh, it, one of the things that surprised me was sort of, you know, we weren't always connecting our media and advertising to business impact and bottom line, right? Um, and in some cases, right? And so I think there's been sort of this pleasant, I'll say for me, because again, I sort of come from, you know, how are we, how are we, you know, my original software days were back-end processes that were all about, you know, efficiency and business impact. Um, and, and I think in a, from a media landscape, it's really about how are we helping to drive those business outcomes? How are we helping to drive, you know, the PL forward of these organizations, part one. I think the other thing that I've also been really pleasantly um, surprised and, and I, I embrace sort of as a, I'll say as an individual and as a you know, human being is the emphasis, especially in the media world around sustainability, around you know, diversity inclusion. And really, you know, while we haven't gotten it right yet, I think there's a lot of uh, momentum in, in these areas that is allowing for more voices to be heard and a lot more consciousness about how are we doing things these days? How are we helping you know, to sort of be part of, you know, sort of this global, global uh, conversation. Well, I'm thrilled to hear that. I mean, that's uh, not generally at all the answer I get. That's, that's, a, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> looking ahead, and this is the, uh, the ever-present crystal ball question for the final one here. 
What do you see happening over the course of both the next year and the next five years that, you know, you're you're just in general, a marketer should be aware of or should be on the lookout for? It could be a positive. It could be a negative. It could be both. Yeah, I think, you know, a couple of things that I think are really going to start to hit home over the, you know, and, and I think part of them are already here. And we talked about it a little bit. Right. One is that I think the enti- people are going to be looking at the entire funnel as performance. Right. There's no longer oh, these are just awareness and this is, you know, this is just consideration and this is just, you know, for, you know, direct response. I think people are going to look at every single piece of that and how is that, how can I quantify that and how is that making an impact? And I think we're also going to be looking at it more as like a flywheel, if you will, right? Each one of those should be informing the next part. So as I get into my direct response end of it, you know, you start at the end, how am I going to help use that to inform, again, back to data, my brand awareness campaigns and who am I thinking about and who's my audience and how can I customize my creative even more so that I'm really speaking to the people that I know are going to convert at the end of the day. So that's sort of part one. I think another prediction is is really around, I think sustainability is going to continue to be more and more a part of the conversation. I think there's going to be a lot of examinations. Actually, you know, one of the reasons why uh, I was so attracted to Quantcast and Quantcast is actually one of those organizations where because we started with AI 15, 17 years ago, we've always been sustainably built because it's the smart thing to do. Because when you are more efficient with how you process your data and you get, it's actually less expensive. And a great byproduct is you give off less carbon emissions. So I think that's um, something that's gonna continue to be a part of the conversation. And then the last piece is, is gonna really be about how do you tap into incremental audiences? How do you find growth? Right. In, and I think a lot of this comes back to AI and using data effectively and using real time data that's going to allow us to be, you know, on, you know, know our customers well without being, you know, to your point, creepy, uh, without using cookies um, and and find them, you know, where, you know, at the moment when they're they're going to be receptive. So. I think that's that's going to be uh, going to continue to be a big part. And and again, given sort of where we are from a macroeconomic perspective, I think finding that growth and doing it in a really smart way is going to be super critical. And I think it's a fantastic place for advertisers and marketers to lead. Excellent. Well, I'm looking forward to all three of those things. So, Deb, I appreciate you taking the time to be on today. This is a great conversation. Where can people find out more about Quantcast if they don't already know where to do so already? Absolutely. So check us out on podcast.com. You can find us on LinkedIn. And if you'd like, you can feel free to reach out to me. I am always on all of these channels and I respond frequently. Well, thanks so much for being on the show today. This was great. Thanks a lot, Richard. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with friends and colleagues and leaving a positive review in your podcast store of choice.